This is a Federal News Network podcast. The pandemic is exactly that, a pandemic. That means it's had a profound effect on how agencies operating overseas go about their work. A case in point is the U.S. Agency for International Development. To deal with a problem with many sharp edges, USAID has embarked on what it calls an over-the-horizon strategic review. With what that is, how it works, and its goals, we turn to the acting administrator of USAID, John Barsa. Mr. Barsa, good to have you on. Uh, Thanks, Tom. Pleasure to be here with you. Give us the overview of how COVID and the pandemic has affected USAID and its work. Well, it's affected us in a myriad of ways. So certainly the United States, you know, via USAID has been the most generous donor for decades to the international system. You know, we've contributed billions of dollars in assistance in development and humanitarian assistance throughout the globe since our inception in 1961. And certainly prior to that, you know, our roots go back to the Marshall Plan. So what the pandemic was, clearly on the face of it, it's a healthcare crisis. So USAID has responded to the pandemic with assisting countries in ways that are tailored to the needs of specific countries, access to clean water, increased systems, surveillance systems, public communications. So the generosity of the American people through USAID has been quite effective, and certainly we've been the most generous country in the world, uh, again, throughout this pandemic. Now, it's only a few years since we had the Ebola crisis and some of the other types of what could have been bad pandemics. Are there lessons learned from those that the agency has been looking at? Certainly. We came very close to saying we've been able to eradicate Ebola, but we had another outbreak. We didn't go for a straight 30 days with no new cases. So USAID and CDC have been working overseas trying to eradicate Ebola. We made great progress. But certainly one of the things we learned from Ebola and our other works is in the Presidential Malaria Initiative or you know, combating AIDS is how having robust healthcare systems allow countries to pivot and deal with stressors. So while people may not have known exactly when this zoonotic pandemic was going to hit in what way, Our investment over decades in multiple countries to invest in health systems have enabled countries to be more resilient in their response to this unforeseen pandemic. All right. And that brings us to the over the horizon strategic review that USAID is undertaking. What is it and how does it work? What's the format for this? Certainly, my first day as acting administrator at USAID was April 13th of this year. I remember the day very well because it was my birthday. (laughs) Lucky you. Um, Well, lucky me. It was was a wonderful gift. I'm very grateful for President Trump for the trust uh, he invested in me by asking me to lead USAID. But certainly that early into the pandemic, it was very clear to me that the COVID-19 pandemic was much, much more than just a healthcare crisis. It was also leading to economic disruption and instability in democratic systems. It was a whole myriad of secondary and tertiary effects. So what I started soon after I took the helm here at USAID is I started an effort to look across all sectors of USAID programming to think ahead and quantify these secondary tertiary effects of the pandemic. What was it going to mean about economic contraction in certain countries? Was this going to lead to increased food insecurity? Are we going to talk about mass unemployment and continents that are going to lead people to be more vulnerable to radicalization? What is this going to do to our democracy programming? Because taking a step back, I knew intuitively the pandemic put decades of development work at risk, uh, a risk for backsliding around the country. 
So the Over the Horizon Task Force, named aptly because this task force was asked to think past the immediacy of the inbox. Yes, USAID was responding like no other agency across the world in international response to the pandemic, but I wanted to have a team of people to think beyond the immediacy of the now to think of what's coming up ahead. What are the challenges going to be? So I'm very proud of the work this task force did. We not only consulted every expert within USAID, we worked with other 74 different organizations, over 200 data sources, hundreds of interviews, think tanks, NGOs, all kinds of partners. We did not put our thumbs on the scale, and we let the data speak to us. And so what emerged was something that we knew intuitively we were going to see, but we didn't know how and where. We knew that the pandemic was not going to hit the world uniformly. It was going to have harder effects in certain countries and certain parts of the globe than others. But we didn't know where and we didn't know how. So now with this over-the-horizon study, we now have the ability to have data-driven discussions with Congress, with OMB, and any number of external and internal entities about how USAID and USG need to position ourselves to meet the long-term challenges that are coming up over the horizon. We're speaking with John Barsa. He's acting administrator of the U.S. Agency for International Development. And what are some specific things that are worth pointing out that the review revealed? Well, we haven't gone public with our focus countries yet, but we certainly had different areas of uh, geographic concern along basically three axes of analysis. So uh, patterns emerged, and so these patterns kind of came into three different areas. The first area is uh, what we call strategic objective number one, is the need for us to build more stable, resilient systems in countries that are increasingly fragile due to COVID-19. So we are seeing entities like the Chinese Communist Party trying to take advantage of other countries suffering from the pandemic with one-sided, you know, loan, debt diplomacy. So along one axis, we're seeing how the COVID pandemic is challenging countries in their governance areas. So countries that are fragile are now brittle. So that was one trend that came up. The other trend was that we needed to focus more on the microeconomic aspects of the pandemic in, in terms of, at the family level, access to education. So we're at risk of losing generations of young people because of lack of education. This could have ramifications in terms of large-scale unemployment. You know, we've made progress over the years with giving girls access to education systems in countries where they didn't have it before. There's a risk of backsliding. In countries like that, there could be schools that are closed because of the pandemic, but everybody can't go home and get online like they can here. Correct. Absolutely. So the whole idea about distance learning, it's great in certain developed countries, but in many countries where USAID work, distant learning isn't an option. So because of the study, we're able to focus on where are these countries, where can these investments be better made to have the greatest impact in terms of access education for young people and access education for girls. This has also driven home the point of the importance of economic empowerment and inclusion for women. For any country to think they can have full economic recovery without the participation of half of their potential workforce is folly. So this really drives home the point on the necessity for full economic inclusion of women into uh, societies. Uh, the third strategic objective comes to health systems itself. So when we talked earlier about how USAID has invested over decades in health systems. 
In many countries, the necessity to respond to the pandemic has led to a shifting of attention and resources away from regular immunizations and other healthcare treatments. So what we're finding is that we have to make more investments or help more in certain countries with their health systems writ large to deal with this pandemic and any other pandemics may come forward. Again, so certainly robust health systems like ours, we can walk and chew gum. We need to make sure other health systems have the ability to deal with these outside stressors. And of course, the pandemic is changing and morphing all the time. Is the strategic review a living type of thing that you can review and go back to the data from time to time? So certainly the Over the Horizon review was a full-blown, all-hands-on-deck analysis of what we can tell right now of what might be coming in the next you know, year, two, or three, or four, or five over the horizon. What we found was there's some best practice in some of the analytical standards and methodologies that we have. So now USAID is standing up a strategic foresight unit, which we did not have before, to take some of these best practices derived from the over the horizon analytical work to have a group here at USAID that is continuing looking forward for emerging trends so we can better inform our missions on how to make decisions on the field. We can help our missions get a heads up or think ahead about some challenges that they may not be seeing in their inboxes right now, but may be coming around the corner. And in the meantime, how has the workforce been affected from USAID that does have to go overseas and matriculate in some of those countries? Well, certainly, again, from my first day at work on uh, April 13th, the pandemic you know, was really starting to hit us hard. I laid out three priorities. One of the priorities was the necessity to think through the challenges over the horizon, which led to the Elder Horizon study. The first one was the health and safety of the USAID workforce. And my second priority was to figure out ways to ensure that the United States government and USAID did not retreat from any corner of the globe. So we were able to implement some innovative approaches and thinking, such as increased usage of IT systems. So we were very successful, more successful than other government agencies in terms of our ability to do telework, for example. So we were able to uh, get some novel systems in place, and we validated some of the techniques necessary for teleworking. The other thing that enabled us to continue functioning was the ability to give some added flexibilities to our foreign service nationals who operate in the field. Foreign service nationals are key elements of the USAID workforce. They are usually born and raised natives of the countries in which we operate and who work at our missions on any number of projects and career paths. So they're a valuable part of our workforce. So with the pandemic, we explored ways to give them greater authorities and capabilities so based on that, increased telework, our innovative use of IT systems, we were able to ensure that we were able to continue to operate in every corner of the globe. John Barsa is acting administrator of the U.S. Agency for International Development. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.